We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sarah. So ahead of his end of season press conference, which is coming up later this morning, questions aimed at John Harbaugh are coming from all angles after Sunday's inexplicable offensive game plan, which obviously led to that AFC title loss to Kansas City. Yeah, and one person calling Cowherd, he's demanding a few questions of his own, which we'll get into along with one interesting question that Steve Bashotti might want to ask himself. Okay, I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host Sarah Ellison. It is Friday, February 2nd, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, which is presented by our newest brand sponsor, our friends at Mantis Sleep. All right, so Travis Kelsey, he's not the most popular person in Baltimore right now, but he gave some unique insight into both Kyle Hamilton and Zay Flowers that I feel like it's super interesting coming from an opponent point of view. I think so as well. Plus, Mike McDonald shares a tremendous Ozzie Newsome tribute during his introductory press conference with the Seahawks. And just in case you're catching up, the latest on his successor in Baltimore, who we now know is Zach Orr. Yeah, we have all of that. And I promise you much more coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, so listen, we're a couple hours away. We just said it. John Harbaugh and Eric DeCosta is going to be speaking with the media season in review. I put out a tweet earlier today, or excuse me, earlier uh, Thursday, asking fans, what would you want asked, Bobby? I've got almost 200 responses at the time of this recording. Uh, there are some unhappy campers, but I wanted to play something from earlier this week um, from Colin Cowherd. Uh, first, he kind of gave a reaction right after the game and then gave a little bit more in his um, his Fox show. So let's start with this. I know Chiefs fans want credit. What was that game plan? It didn't make sense for three and a half hours. They didn't run the ball between Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Spags, a masterclass. A complete and utter mismatch. What did the Kansas City staff sign off on? A lot of Travis Kelsey, uh, run the ball, Pacheco, Rasheed Rice. The Ravens, a power-running football team, averaged about 150 a game, deviated completely from their DNA. And John Harbaugh apparently signed off on it and didn't really adjust 
if you would have told me this game was a go-either-way game, Mahomes wins it late, that's one thing. It's one thing to lose. That. you, you got to answer some questions. I mean, if you're John Harbaugh, you got to answer some questions. So obviously today's that day. Um, he says that Andy Reid, Spagnola, all of them, coaching masterclass. We'll get your reaction on the other side because he called them a masterclass. Meanwhile, here's what he said on his show the next day. Here's his adjective for the Ravens coaching. That felt like coaching malpractice. They completely abandoned their total identity. They run, they pound, they grind. This is what they do. Number one rushing team in the league by far. Until yesterday. It's one of the strangest three and a half hours of playoff football I have ever seen. I mean, it would be like San Francisco going into a game. Forget the second half. It'd be like the Niners saying, hey, listen. I know it's a big game and all, but let's switch it up and not pound the ball with McCaffrey and Debo and become a finesse offense. Buffalo's not going to beat this Kansas City group. This was the year. They're not going to. They can beat everybody else. They're not going to beat these guys in a big game. And I didn't feel that with Baltimore. I felt like, okay, this is in Baltimore, better defense, better special teams. This team's different. And then they weren't. And I think it's a reasonable opinion to have this morning is they may be stylistically coaching. They're not built to be Andy Reid and Mahomes in January. All right. So first year reaction, Bobby. A lot of the criticism, as we've already talked about this week, is warranted. The tough questions are going to have to be asked later today. And I don't know how you can possibly spin certain answers to give us clarity on what we're all extremely confused about. And that is going away from make what makes you, you. And that's their their dominant rushing attack, the way that they establish um, the run. And, and that's something that they just did not do. They leaned away from their DNA identity, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's, that's something that it's going to be addressed probably multiple times throughout this press conference. The stylistic stuff going up against Kansas City, they have not beaten them in January yet in the Lamar era. They've only played them once in January. They have beaten them on a primetime game in Baltimore. I believe they're one and three. Were they one and three going into this weekend in the Lamar era against Kansas City? I think they were. So that makes them now Something one and like four. That. Yeah. In the Lamar era going up against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I believe they're now one and four, including the postseason. But this was the first postseason um, appearance between the two of them. We obviously know that they've gotten the, they, they beat the kryptonite. So I'm, I don't know if I buy into that. Certainly, I don't know if I buy into that they can't match up with them in January. This game was, <laughs> it's just so mind-boggling because it sh we shouldn't be talking about this, right? I wish yeah. we weren't, but we are, yeah. and we have to. So two, two things that really stuck out to me, I kind of set it up earlier, the, the master class versus the malpractice. I think when we're just talking about this specific game, that is 100% true. Um obviously the chiefs or Mike McDonald went into the week saying, we've got to stop Kelsey. We've got to stop Kelsey. We've got to stop Kelsey. And then Kelsey was like 11 for 11. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure that's what he wanted. And uh, meanwhile, I'm sure the Ravens, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they Spags was like, we got to stop their run game. And they didn't, they didn't have to stop the run game because the Ravens stopped it themselves. And that's where the malpractice comes from. That's where the malpractice comes from. So going back to the idea of him saying, so he's saying, I think he's gotten to the conclusion himself that, and I don't know that it's true, but that the, buf the Buffalo Bills can't beat 
the Chiefs in a big game because obviously the Bills already beat him. That was when the big controversy was with Rasheed Rice and all that kind of stuff. And or not not Rasheed Rice. It was um, uh, Cardarius Tony who uh, lined up offside. Did not play so, on Sunday. Yep. What's that? Didn't play on Sunday. Yeah, and didn't play on Sunday. So he's saying I've come to the conclusion they're not. They can't do it right. So when I said in the opening that there's a question that Steve Bichette needs to ask himself only because he's the only one that makes the decision of, of head coaching and all that. I can't tell you, Bobby, how many press conferences I've sat through, especially in the off season when the Ravens are building their roster. And they've said so many times, especially in the heyday of the, 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 the Steelers Ravens rivalry, it was, we build our roster to win against the Steelers or we build our roster to win the division. Cause that's the first things first. And so when you're drafting players, it's like, I remember they drafted Jimmy Smith. It's like, okay, Jimmy, you're going to be against um, AJ Green, right? Like that's our, that's our answer to them getting AJ Green. So they definitely draft and build their roster with those opponents in mind. And so Steve Bashotti then is he's the one who picks the head coach. He has to decide, okay, I have to have the head coach that can beat Mike Tomlin. I have to have the head coach that can beat Andy Reid. I have to have, you know what I mean? That type Absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. And now I'm not with Kellen Cullen Cowherd where I'm like questioning whether John Harbaugh can beat Andy Reid. However, to your point of being one in four now, and um, you have to start thinking, okay, well, we're talking about matchups. It's like, What's my head coach versus their head coach? And so, and so, and then when you watch a game like that, where Spagnola just did everything right and Todd Munkin and John Harbaugh signing off of it did everything wrong in terms of just abandoning their DNA, then it has to be like, okay, this matchup needs to step up. The yeah. coach to coach matchup needs to step up. And I've been reminded, Bobby, when I asked the question to fans, like, what would you like to ask John Harbaugh? Well, everybody had brought in, they, they, they brought up quotes that Mike Tomlin has said before about, he doesn't say Harbaugh specifically, but talks about the Ravens. So here's one that, that, you know, is, is a memorable one. Here's Mike Tomlin on the decision of Baltimore to go for two. No, it did not. You know, they aggressively play analytics. Um, and, and so, you know, from that standpoint, they're predictable. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you have to be—you have to change up your tendencies when your your yes. arch rival, who you've gone up against for all sixteen years of your career, is saying you're predictable. That can't happen anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So these are things like while and Bobby, I'm I, at least not that I can remember. Maybe I did when I was younger. I've changed. I don't like calling for people's jobs. I, I don't even think I do that for players. You won't hear me say, yeah, let's cut Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley. Maybe if their contract runs out, I'll say, oh, it's time to kind of leave that alone. But I don't like calling for people's jobs. And that doesn't mean other people can't do it. Um, I mean, players go through this all the time. They get cut. They get re-signed. I mean, it's brutal. So uh, it's a brutal business, just me personally. But that being said, I'm I'm 1,000% comfortable putting challenges to people, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, JK needs to do this or Lamar needs to do this or now John needs to do this. John can't be predictable. He, he's got to find another uh, another gear. He's got to figure out another way. And I know that he tries to be, but it's got to happen again. Or I won't play this one, but Patrick Peterson saying that Mike Tomlin said to them, like, when the house is burning, or when, when or no, when the moment gets tough, they're going to try to burn the house down, meaning they were going to try to 
uh, rush the passer, bring a blitz. And I think that was under um, Wink when that was happening. And he's like, well, Gall, you know. If, if no, he I said won't. that this season. Was that this season? Patrick Peterson said that. Ah. If I'm not mistaken, I think I grabbed that clip. After, it was you. It was I think you. I, gra- I, mean, I want to say I grabbed that clip within the last. Yeah, within the last year. I think it was after the eight drop game. Yeah. And so because the regular, yeah, the regular season finale was was obviously meaningless for the Ravens in terms of the playoff picture. So if I'm not mistaken, that was this season, and right. we were tagged. Somebody tagged us on Twitter with that, and so we have it. But but yeah, I mean, we're not going to go ahead and play because you just you just paraphrased it's, it. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was like think it was, about it. So Tomlin knew what the Ravens would do. If it was a big moment, they were going to bring the house, and that's when um, I think a he said that he remembered it from back in the day because I remember them saying it was like AB who had scored a touchdown or whatever off of it. So then here's the last thing. Now here's the most recent, right? And this is what I, I referenced this in our live stream yesterday, but this is Travis Kelsey talking about the, the chief strategy because they're ranked number 28 in rush defense. Yeah. They know that that rush defense can't, stand up to the Ravens' number one rush offense. And so they had to, from a coaching perspective, and needed the players to actually execute it, but the plan was, well, let's score quickly so they take themselves out of it. This is what uh, Travis Kelsey says on his, uh, is it New Heights podcast? New Heights. Here we go. Baby, coming out, scoring touchdowns. That was the biggest thing coming in was that we we wanted to score tutties. That's why we went sure. for it on fourth and one down in the red yeah. zone a few uh, drives later in the second quarter. Yep. Um, we knew if we put up touchdowns, it was going to force uh, their offense to feel a little bit antsy and a little bit pressed to get the ball downfield. And that's what we wanted. We wanted, yeah. uh, we wanted to see what our DBs and their wideouts looked like. Travel. And the Ravens went right into that, right? 14 points off their first two drives. It was 17-14. It was well within. But to Colin's point, because he talked about the 49ers were down, but they didn't abandon their identity, right? And they were down way more than the Ravens were. And there's something There's something to what I'm hearing in all these clips. And there's a, and there's a part of me that this ways too. I'm sure I could be predictable. I'm aggressive, right? Like I'm a, an aggressive personality. Let's go after them. Let's be physical, this and that. And at the same time, though, you have to switch it up sometimes and just trust your identity and trust what you've built this whole time. And so um, it's got it. You got to switch it up and be a little, maybe be a little bit more patient at times and then be aggressive once in a while, because what I'm hearing from Kelsey and what I've heard from Tomlin, what I'm hearing from Peterson is that they're like, it's like they're, they know what the Ravens are going to do based off of the past and and so it's got to be this matchup, coach versus coach. What can be your next move to counter the other coach's move? Think about it. If you're Steve Bashotti, the hard work has been done. The people underneath you, in, in Eric DaCosta's case, and his in the entire scouting department, they have constructed a team yeah. that is championship worthy. Yeah. The hard part is done. Yeah. If it's now going to become a match a matchup versus coaches, and you got the second longest tenured coach in the league who's accomplished a lot but hasn't gotten back to the dance in over a decade. Yeah. Man, it's like that should be the it's almost like that should be the least of your concerns. Yeah. The fact that we're talking about this is is crazy. The fact that the hard literally the hard it, it warrants repeat. The hard part has been done. They yeah. drafted extremely well this past year. They did great in free agency. They got brought guys in back 
late in the summer that ended up making major, major strides for them defensively, speaking on the edge. I mean, every single step had been taken. You lock up your quarterback for the new, for the immediate future and long-term future. You bring in OBJ to help him influence him. You can go on and on and on. The hard part's over. So it is kind of it's, – it's, it's mind-boggling that we are discussing this. But we are, and before we get to a really good fan question, or at least one that you you pulled out from those just flood of mentions, yeah. we got to tell you about our newest brand sponsor, and that is our friends at Manta Sleep. And here's the deal: this sleep mask is legit. It's a true hundred percent blackout for a deeper sleep. You got C C shaped eye cups for unbeatable side sleep comfort for those of you who like to sleep on your sides. If you want to do it on your stomach or back, that's great too. Uh, there's zero pressure on the eyelids or lashes. Advanced materials are in play here, ventilation for unmatched breathability. So uh, I've been rocking mine for as long as they've been sponsoring my channel, which they, they did last spring, and I still have it here. I just want to throw it on so you know what it's all about. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's easy to throw on. It's comfortable. I mean, obviously, I have my headset on right now, so it's not yeah. exactly the way that it, that it fits. But I know we're thrilled to be uh, working with Mantis Sleep, and the best part about it is that Vault subscribers, Vault listeners, there's an incentive for you. If you click on the link that we have included in the description of this video below and you use code VAULT10, that's V-A-U-L-T-1-0, you'll get 10% off your next purchase. So I know some sleep masks are making their way to Columbus right now. Can't wait to see you in yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited once they, once they get here. Um, so, Bobby, before I give, give this fan question, because I did pick the, the one, remember we were talking in our live stream that it's like it's got to be a question that like – it can't just be like a sarcastic. That was most of the questions. Like <laughs> Cole Jackson was cracking both of us up. Cole responded to my call on Twitter asking what the what questions they would ask. And he was like, what the F guys, you know? And then of course, Watch your mouth, followers, Cole. yeah, that was a good one. And then of course, one of our followers were like, if we said that in Sarah language, you'd be like, what the French toast guys. And I was like, Oh, I need to adopt that. Cause I've never, I'd say what the freak, but what the French toast is way better. Um, I love it. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, there's so much like questions oozing with frustration and anger and sarcasm, which I understand, but obviously you can't take that in there. And obviously we're not in there, but the question I think I would ask is okay. I think I would quote Kelsey, at, like get, you know, get it, cut it down to maybe two or three sentences, quote it and ask, do you feel like you played into their strategy? You know, and then that way it's like Kelsey said it. This is your opposing. This is your opponent. So there's validity to it. Yeah. Do you feel like you played into their strategy by abandoning the run and your, you know, and, your and it's recent, right? If you pull out Patrick right. Peterson's from October, right? That may not resonate as much as five days ago, right? And plus, so, we're talking about in these big games, right? And what just happened. So to me, that's that's probably what I would take. This one I would change up a little bit, but I felt like it didn't ooze with like sarcasm. But this is a uh, Ben Azuga. I don't know. We I we butcher names on here. Okay. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. I, the first name I, I feel like I got. <laughs> so he's got. This is now two times in five years where you've had the best team in the NFL. And then he said, "Look unprepared." I might change the word "unprepared." Something like you've had the best team in the NFL, and you've. I don't know, convinced, convincingly lost, like uh, just didn't look your or didn't live up to your potential right, in the post. You're, try, you're trying to get a concrete answer. Right? Yes, you're trying you to get want a concrete a answer. Answer. You don't want. Yep. You don't want it to be a throwaway question. You only get one. Maybe the Jeff Rebecks of the world will get two, but you only get one. So you want to elicit 
a good answer. That's the goal as a reporter. So I think you don't want to offend them. You don't want to put in an opinion. Unprepared is an opinion. And so it it may feel like it would, yeah, it would be, you didn't live up to your potential. And I think he would agree with that. That's an opinion, but I think he'd agree with that. I can already feel the comments coming in. They're saying, you know, some people will say, stop being such an apologist. Stop being so tender with him. You have to be. You have to be if you want to get a concrete answer. So that's why we're right. being that's why we're being so uh, that's why we're dissecting this. We right. want a substantive answer to your point. Correct, correct. And then he says, why is this a recurring theme? And and I like this follow-up question, and what safeguards can you as the head coach put in place to assure you'll be ready to adjust no matter what what the next time around? So Love that. Love I thought that. that was one where I felt like Ben put time into thinking it without, you know letting his frustration and anger come through. And I thought maybe that, and it gets to the point of like, what's up with the trend to me, there's like been a trend and you could, you could point out the trend, by the way, drew unbanned drew. I thought he was, I mean, you couldn't do it this way, but he put together, he has this spreadsheet. That's phenomenal. That shows, uh, how much they win based off of their, them running. And it clearly shows when you run the, the Ravens win. I mean, it's just like, it's, you can't get much better data than that. There's very few times uh, where it bucked that trend. So that would be good, but that's just so much data that you'd have to come up with one stat to somehow figure out the trend. So to me, it's almost like you want to get to the question of the trends, and I felt like Ben did that here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that's tremendous, Ben. Right. Let's shift gears and play a couple snippets from the New Heights podcast that we just mentioned yeah. a little a little while ago. Travis had some things to say about the strategy and whatnot, but he also had some very complimentary things to say about Kyle Hamilton and Zay Flowers. And we discussed this, uh, like you said, the aforementioned uh, live stream when Zach Orr became the newest defensive coordinator, which was announced on Thursday. But what we talked about was how well Kyle Hamilton played Travis as mm-hmm. well as he possibly could have on that touchdown, which was a beautiful back shoulder fade. Mahomes put it only 
where Travis could be. He just happened to look when it was like four or five feet away from him. Anyway, here he is talking about number 14, who's an all-pro through two seasons in the NFL. Yeah, they're a man. They're a man with uh, Kyle Hamilton, man. And I'll tell you what, that dude has a bright future. He's already a stud. He's already a stud, and he had an unbelievable rookie year. But What is this, like a little wheel route? Like you're like out and up? Yeah, just an out and up. When you, I didn't see that thing until it was about Dude, you turned around late. five to ten yards. Very it kind of worked late. out in our favor because it happened. It was bang bang, but I did not see that. That ball was coming through the fucking rafters. It was like coming out of like sweets in the background. It was like a like a a dark, foggy, and then the ball just <laughs> appeared like five yards from me. I was like, who's that? I tell you I, what. I thought I grabbed all the F words. I let, he, that he, man. He, he drops the F bombs. I thought I got them all, but I clearly did not. <laughs> he's been on a R rated, just friggin'. <laughs> he's been all over the place this week. I think Justin really got under his skin, but that was really good stuff there because yeah. that shows you not only the mutual respect, what Kyle has coming up, but how yeah. well he played that, that, that specific rep. Yeah. I mean, he was with Travis stride for stride. And ultimately, it, it's just it's better offense is what it was. It, it was phenomenal defense, better offense. I put out a tweet uh, Wednesday night that I that I do for uh, pristine auction, but I put out a tweet to go out and uh, buy a signed ball by Hamilton, and somebody replied and was like, well, wh- why would I do that? Didn't he just get torched by Kelsey? No, oh, he did not get oh. torched by Kelsey. Oh no. Sometimes no. other players make plays, but that was the second touchdown he's given up all year long. And yeah. listen to the way the man who caught it described it. Like he just yeah. felt like it was like, holy crap, I can't believe I got that. He was all over me. So yep. no, he did not get torched. That was Mahomes and that was that was Kelsey. That's their greatness on display. Yeah. Let's play a little bit here from from Travis talking about Zay Flowers because that came up in conversation with his brother Jason. And, and obviously, look, you know, they're, they're not where they are this year without Zay. We all know that. There were some rookie moments to learn from, and, and I'm sure he's still thinking about right now, even though he said 24 hours after uh, that he had already turned a page. But listen to what Travis has to say. This is a guy who's a playmaker, obviously himself, and I actually gotten to know him a little bit in the offseason during a training session. Can't reach. And I'll tell you what, man. Zay Flowers is going to be a special player in this league. You told me this before the season even started. You saw him work out down in Texas with mm-hmm. Pat. And I don't even know if we can say that, but you saw I well, mean, everybody was just that, right. We were all working out at the at what is it TCU? It just yeah. kind of like it wasn't like a scheduled hey, workout. It was yeah, Zay Flowers. Uh, you said right away. I asked which 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 of these guys did you think? Not the yeah, I don't want to, but you said right away this kid. No, out of the guys that were down there, I was like, give me that guy. Out of everybody that I saw down there, I was like, that man, he's ready right now. Apparently, the Ravens do that too because he was. Very impressive all season long. Oh, an yeah. incredible rookie year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, an unbelievable play here by Snee at the goal line. Just not giving up, baby. Most. On Knock the half yard line, baby. Golly, that was electric, man. It's that kind of those kind of plays, man, that, that catapult you into the Super Bowl, man. And um, thank God we got Snee, baby. And this came after um, a taunting penalty that was called on Flowers when he stood over Snee. I don't even know if we want to mention that. No, I mean you can mention it. It got called. I mean it is what it is. You can't the you know what it is? It's not the standing over as much. It's not the pushing them. It's the drop of the ball. You think so? The spin you can't spin the ball or like throw the ball at somebody or like that is the taunt. I don't think the, there's pushing and shoving after a play all the time. If you stand over somebody, they'll call that too though. Cuz I I've, I've been called for it. I got called for standing over top of a guy. It's whatever. As much that was going on back and forth, that's a tough one. Yeah. Especially in a big play like that. That's a tough one. 
but we've talked about it before. We're pro taunting it to, to a degree. To you a know, degree. you got to let people's emotions and you, you want that back and forth a little bit. And I didn't, you know, whatever. Joey Burrow certainly agrees with us. Let the guys taunt. Let the guys taunt. <laughs> Normally okay, you Joe. see let the guys play, but I would just, <laughs> yeah, he just went right for the jugular. Just I don't want to see him play. I want to no. see him taunt. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's funny, man. I really he, think Jason is, is hysterical. He's like, keep stopping him. Hey, should we, should we say that? We're live right yeah, now, but should we say yeah, this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and what I also like, so obviously just like the, the praise that Travis gave to, to Zay yeah. and then knew it from the beginning was cool. But the other thing is, and I he got in there in the beginning of the clip quickly, you could tell Travis was like, not even talking from like his brother's team being the opponent, like he was like, oh, you can't reach. So basically what they're saying is, is like, unless it's like fourth down and the game is on the line, you never reach like that. That's basically what they were saying. So, you know, the Ravens aren't going to throw Zay under the bus, but that's, and neither are we, but that's like the lesson going forward as a rookie, right? Do not reach unless it's like fourth down and the uh, game is on the line. That's the momentum too. Had him. He was like yes. going in like lightning bolt, like just go, just stay yeah. straight up. Yeah. Yeah, not trying to like pounce on them. It's just like a learning moment. And then number two, I liked that like Travis was like, oh, I don't know. That's a tough call. Like, like he didn't yeah. necessarily agree with the refs on Bruh. it. You know what I mean? Bruh, you could have had 10 yourself. Yeah. All right, we all know this. He knows he got away with about 10 between the whistles. But yeah, he did. I did I did appreciate that because because it yeah. was it was just ridiculous. It was a because he did call. get away with a lot, but he clearly knows the line where he's like, He's like, oh, the other stuff you can kind of get away with, but don't throw that ball. And it's like, okay, he knows because it sure seemed like he was taunting and it was, and he got away with it. So he it's clearly knows the line. And yeah. again, that's the teaching moment. It is. That's all verbal. Yeah. All right. Let's discuss some press conference. Just not a ton, but Mike McDonald had his introductory press conference as the newest head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. He's the youngest head coach league wide, which is exciting for him. Obviously, this week has been a touch and go for many of you out there within Ravens Flock Nation. But I listened to his entire press conference, Sarah. I will tell you this. You know, part of our duties throughout the season is to watch and listen to press conferences internally. And the coordinators are typically on Thursdays. I am just so impressed by his demeanor. He's he, he never too high, never too low. The only things that we've seen from him that show emotion or when that sideline, when he when he kind of went Hulk and, and flexed his muscles, like that's the only thing that I can recall where he went viral on social yeah. media. He's just yeah. so by the book, so talented, so bright. We learned that from Roquan all, all year long, or at least got his perspective. Here he is talking about the great Ozzie Newsom and, and shared a kind of a cool story that I know you're going to be able to relate, relate to. I always tell the story that my first week as an intern, I was walking down the hall and, and uh, Ozzie saw me and, you know, and that was pretty daunting for a, for a 20-something-year-old intern. And Ozzy knew my name, and he, and he took investment into me and my experience. And that'll something, that's something that'll carry to this organization. We want everybody to feel vital um, and, and vital to the mission and uh, feel invested in. And so, Ozzy, thank you for, for who you are as a person and, um, and, the, and really the mark that you've left on this, on this league and, and, and all the people in the Ravens organization. Boy, are you right that I can relate? I don't know what it is about. He hates the, doing the media. Yes, he does. But behind the scenes, he is the like utmost professional. I cannot tell you every single day that I pass by him in the hallway, looks me straight in the eye. Hey, Sarah, how are you? And I'm yeah. like, you know my name. And then my last day at work there, had my whole family there, was out 
uh, on the field. My son was getting Lamar Jackson autographs. Yeah. It's like a madhouse out. You guys know, like, even when you hear the pressers, it's like crazy loud out there. Media's everywhere. All of a sudden, I feel a tap on my shoulder. It's Aussie Newsom. Gives me a huge hug and congratulates me on my career with the Ravens and wishes me the best of luck. And I was like, how did you even know this is my last day? I'm like, yep. how did you do this stuff? This is yep. Ozzy Newsome. So, yeah, it, Mike's completely right. And I'm glad that he's going to take that into his next organization. Me too. Me too. He also talked about he's worked with both Harbaugh brothers, as we know. Jim in Michigan, John in Baltimore. Here he is on the duo that they are. I'm glad you asked that question. Th th those guys are... Um, some of the most authentic, competitive people I've ever been around. And the players know when, when it's real. And they love their players. And they have their players' backs. And they're willing to do whatever it takes, you know, to put them in a position to succeed. And sometimes it's, it's tough love, but it's, it's uh, telling them the truth, being respectful. Um, they, they go about it two completely different ways, but they end up in the same spot. Tell you what, there was a lot going on on Thursday in terms of the press conferences, right? Mike's in Seattle with his. Jim is in L.A. doing his, right? The, the Ravens are announcing Zach Orr as their next defensive coordinator. There was just so much going on. Uh, but I think there's one thing that really rings true, and that is with all of this justified criticism that's been aimed at, at John Harbaugh this week, uh, what, what, you, what I think we, what we have to acknowledge is the world-class hiring manager that he is, the, uh, the leader of men that he is, and, and ultimately what he's built, what he's cultivated culture-wise in Baltimore, because now Mike's going to be able to play off of that. You know, he's going to have success in this league because of that. Now, a guy like him probably would have had success wherever he ended up, <laughs> whether it was in Baltimore or else. But again, I, I think speaking to that and using words like authenticity, uh, they, they, that to me, it resonates with me. I know you feel the same way. And um, I just, it's important to, to keep that in, in perspective during what's been a week of of really one-sided looks at John, um, which which are needed. It's absolutely needed after a loss mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. But but there is more than that too. And, and you hope that he's able to overcome this, you know, starting with with next year. So moving on to to quick hits, Bobby. This is gonna have to be the last one I react to. I gotta run out, as you know. But I really wanted to react to this. Um, Marlon Humphrey uh, has has done. He he went on his Punchline podcast and. Um, you know, people had seen him on Instagram Live after the game. Looked like they were partying this and that. And, and he so, and Gino were out at uh, yeah, yeah in a heart, heart yeah, race. Gino. Yeah. Sounds like based off the clip we're about to hear, there was a few more guys there, but we saw him and Gino. Uh, like, so don't put was, me in that Instagram story, Marlon. I'm not gonna. I don't want any of that smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was asked about that night, and uh, here's his answer. People said you were celebrating, that you were excited. Can you talk us through your state of mind to go out to dinner, have a good time, celebrate the season? I was sitting at my house with the fan bam at about 10 o'clock. All the guys said, bro, man, let's go. Let's let's get up, man. I was like, man, I ain't gonna say who, but he was he was pretty down bad. And it was odd because it was kind of a lot of the guys that uh, was just you're never gonna be you're never gonna be with those guys again. So it just was it was bittersweet feeling i don't know this this is just this you know usually in the past you know we've obviously been i've been a loser six years going now but this one just <clears throat> i've been a loser you haven't been a loser i mean <laughs> by definition you haven't gotten to where you want to be yet but right. i know you're about to go off so go off and i agree with every single word you're about to hit well yeah and uh, i don't have 
a single problem with him going out with the players afterwards. Now, the way he parties after a game might be different from how I party for after a game, but that is besides the point. I don't it definitely care. Is, by the way. Uh, what's that? <laughs> it definitely is, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's me versus most people, right? Doesn't doesn't matter, you know? So, but like, are we supposed to expect players after even a devastating loss to go and like be in the fetal position in bed for a week? Like, I I'm sorry, but my view is that what they get it when they said when the guy said you know what let's get out of here that's the way you are supposed to act after you've been dealt a gut punch yep. you don't sit back you don't sit and feel sorry for yourself you keep moving you keep moving and you can term it celebration that's not what they were doing as he explains there this is the last time that this Roster is going to be together. He's got good friends in stone. They show Vanoy. Clowney's going to be gone. PQ is going to be gone. Why can't they go out and, ce and, and celebrate the time they had together? Like if you were moving and one of your best friends or one of your coworkers is be leaving and you've put in so much work together, everybody in the company is together and says goodbye. That's what you do. And even if they weren't going to say goodbye, you don't stay down. That's not what you do. Just because you're upset by the loss and everybody's upset, you react to that upset feeling differently than other people. And to me, you got to keep plowing ahead. And Bobby, I had this Twitter exchange with Rita Hubbard, who we had on our show um, last week. She put out a tweet saying, man, I know I get it. I know you guys are still angry, but me, I'm moving on to opening day to the, to the Orioles. And I said to her, I used to be distraught after sports games, whether it was Ravens or whatever. I can't do that negative energy. I can't do it. So I move on. As soon as I stopped our live stream, I went out and I said to my kids, let's play a game. <laughs> let's move on. Because, because, uh, like. There's nothing we could do about it there's in the short term. There's nothing we could do about it. And what's <laughs> the point of bring, me bringing negative energy to my family? So I just want to say, because somebody reacts to a loss, a gut-wrenching loss differently from you doesn't mean they're not taking it seriously. Screaming into social media or screaming into a camera or going out and making your family's lives miserable or your friend with just this negative energy, to me, it's not the way to go. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean something to you. It means that you decide to hit that adversity head on by moving, moving forward. And that's what they did. And I respect it. Nothing else needs to be said. You and I will be back together for the end of season press conference live stream coming up later this afternoon, right? All right. Yep. I'll see you All then. Right. Catch okay. you. Bye. All right. So in other news, like we mentioned earlier on, we also have a live stream that's available for you in full depth. Just taking a look at, at what this move means. And that is that uh, the next defensive coordinator in Baltimore and now the second youngest in the league is Zach Orr, a former linebacker. He's going to get his shot here to succeed Mike McDonald. Mike is in Seattle. Anthony Weaver, we don't know what his future is. Dan Quinn has been hired as the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. So will Weave stick around in Baltimore? He's currently the associate head coach for the Ravens and the defensive line coach. He was in the mix down there in Washington. He continues to fall short of his head coaching opportunities. You feel for a guy like that. You hope that he gets his opportunity. Um, but Lots of interesting information in that live stream that we shared, especially from Jeff Zarebic of The Athletic, sort of some inside information behind the scenes of what was taking place, which ultimately led to Seattle bringing Mike over, of course, without Zach. 
Zach was a coveted guy. I think there's reason to believe that Mike wanted him with him, and maybe even others wanted Zach. I'm sorry, Mike, you know what I mean. Mike wanted Zach with him. Others wanted Zach as well. I believe Green Bay was in the mix there, looking at him for defensive coordinator. So now he's going to get a shot. Can't wait to see what he looks like in Baltimore. As the, He's been here for, you all know, he's, he knows Baltimore very, very well. He is a Raven. How about this from Mark Andrews? Speaking of Raven-like, uh, Mark Andrews' statement from the team, and let me share the tweet before we get to the statement from Andrew Springs, who was a passenger on a Southwest Air flight. And he tweeted out on Thursday that a woman on his flight from Baltimore to Phoenix had a mid-flight medical emergency. The doctor and nurse attending to her couldn't find a strong pulse. Her blood pressure was extremely low and required oxygen to breathe. It was genuinely scary. A man in the aisle seat popped up and asked, hey, could it be her blood sugar? I have a diabetic testing kit. It was Mark. Andrews instructed the medical professionals, equal citizen heroes in this story, on using his test kit. Eventually, her heart rate stabilized. Paramedics met the flight as soon as we landed. Andrews deplaned quietly, no fanfare, as he's done his whole career. He stepped up in a huge moment when people needed him most. Watching complete strangers spring into action to help save someone's life is truly amazing. And I find myself getting a little bit choked up as I read this. I mean, it's like it, the no fanfare thing got me because Mark is that guy. That's just what he's about, right? Mark Andrews is as genuine as it gets on the football field. Well, on the football field, he's a fierce animal, but off it, he is everything that you could possibly want in a human being. And here's this statement courtesy of the Ravens. In addition to the fast acting flight attendants, the real heroes are the nurse and doctor who also happened to be on the plane. Thankfully, they were able to provide the woman the quick assistance she needed. Simple and to the point for Mark Andrews. One heck of a... Yeah, we're all... We are all saluting you today, Mark Andrews. Hopefully get yourself right for a big year coming up in the fall. And of course, finishing things off, can't wait to see what we have in store for our draft night coverage this year. But it'll come in April, and in the first round, it'll be a late one on that opening night. The Ravens are set to pick 30th overall coming up in the 2024 NFL Draft. So as we've mentioned a couple times, we will have an instant reaction press to the press conference, the end-of-season press conferences from John Harbaugh and Eric Tacosta later today. Probably in the 1 o'clock hour or so, we'll be ready to roll, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, a special thanks to Manta Sleep. Go use code VAULT10 for 10% off your next order there at Manta. Some great stuff. Sleep masks, I'm telling you, like I never would have expected to feel like this is like my pacifier. I don't want to be without it. That's just where we're at. So appreciate you guys, as always, if you're interested in helping us out and you want to do so very easily and feasibly, please like this video, subscribe to The Vault, both here on YouTube and across all the audio-only spaces. Leave us a review if you feel so inclined. As always, thanks to my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, and I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Friday morning vault edition.